You are listening to the premier podcast where everything agronomic is economic. Today, we are talking with TJ Masker, Senior Product Manager at TractorZoom, headquartered in Urbandale, Iowa. They are focused on helping bringing price transparency to farm equipment valuations for farmers, bankers, equipment dealers, and insurance companies. TJ has a lot of experience and knowledge in the precision ag space, and today I asked him questions on how to unlock new insights to your farming operation using precision ag. Hey, TJ, welcome to the Premier Podcast, and just wanted to talk to you a little bit about unlocking some of the new insights to a farming operation, and I know you have a lot of experience, so can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, I grew up on a on a small family farm in, in Southwest Iowa, and, you know, did the traditional thing, went to Iowa State, got an ag business degree, uh, but for the last, well, about 11 years of my career, I've been working directly with farmers, uh, helping them manage and understand their data better. So whether that be agronomic data like soil tests, uh, machine data that we get around like fuel usage or, you know, in my current rule, helping farmers really value farm equipment, you know, as that's becoming the second highest cost on the balance sheet, we're really trying to understand is how we can make better decisions from that data. But the common theme is that ever since I went to Iowa State, graduated college, I've been passionate about helping farmers with data to make better decisions. Yeah, you've had a lot of experience with data since you've been working in the field. So can you tell me like what what is your experience with other precision ag systems and and what makes data so important? Yeah, I remember this like probably like it was yesterday. I was covering a territory in South Central Iowa for one of the major seed brands. And I had farmers who kept asking me like, what can we do with this data? How do we start to think about how we utilize it more? And this was almost eight years ago. And I literally Googled like farm data, something or another. And it led me ironically enough to, to premier crop and filled out the contact us button. And then I think it was Tony or Ben or somebody reached out to me about, Hey, we'd love to talk to you, understand where you're, you're coming from. And that ultimately led me uh, to working with premier crop about seven and a half years ago and doing direct advising with farmers in central Iowa. And, and many of those farms, that I worked with back in the day, or I'm still really close with today as I'm, I'm trying to solve new and unique problems. But I think um, at that time I had zero experience with precision ag. So I had to learn how to set up the monitors, what ag leader SMS was, what software was to make better decisions. And it was, it was also my job to go out and recruit farms and, and help their operation. And so I think over those over that time, I had to learn a tremendous amount about precision ag, what, what it was capable of. But ultimately, I think for me, what it came down to is there's so much value in this data and what we can get out of it if we're measuring things correctly. And I think one of the things I experienced, even with the farms that have been collecting data for 15 years, was that, man, if we get this data structured in a way it's going to allow us to unlock so much potential. And whether that be, you know, if you're using climate field view or using John Deere Opson or using granular where I was at, it doesn't matter unless the data is structured in a way that you can get the results out of it. And that to me was always the biggest light bulb moment for a lot of the farmers. Yeah. So since you've had the experience working with multiple different systems, what makes a, a specific platform better than another? 
Yeah. So when I, when I talk to, to, to farmers about it, it's, it's really measuring the ROI. Um, I think Dan, I, I probably coined his phrase too, but like if every agronomic decision is an economic decision and we think about things that way, it fundamentally changes why we might do something. And so I think about systems that are able to actually provide that value to, to you as a farmer, and there's not a ton of them out there. Um, but we also need those systems that allow us to move data more easily. So that's why Climate, John Deere Op Center, those are Ag Leader Infinity is another great example. Those tools help us get the data from the farm into you know, the trusted advisor or the partner's hands really quickly to make better decisions. That is, that is valuable. I can tell you that there's a reason why those tools are so heavily used because it solves a pain point. What I like to think about is that's one step. The next step is taking all this data and turning it into a better plan for next year. And so if, if, if I was at granular, the way I described this problem is like, I need to understand what we did and then how we did to understand what we need to do differently next year. And so if you, you focus on farmers or collecting on all this data on what they did, let's get the scorecard for how they did at the end of the year. So tools like Premier Crop, you think about all the things you can do with the query tool to answer questions from your data to then the real power is like, all right, using all this data, I now know with a high level of confidence going into next year that I'm going to have the best possible plan I can have, mother nature and God willing, like things are going to fall into place. Well, let's use everything we've learned to come up with the best possible plan and we'll adjust in season, right? Planting could get delayed by two weeks. So we might have to adjust seeding rates. All those things come into play, but let's start with the best possible plan. And I think that starts with collecting and analyzing really great data throughout the previous growing season or previous seasons, uh, if you will, if you think about how many years of data a farm might have. Yeah, I, I think you said something in there like confidence where a grower just really needs to have that confidence within the data. They're collecting so much of it anyway. So getting a grower started, it's, it seems really overwhelming sometimes just to get started with data because of the systems that you mentioned. They are, they have climate, they're using uh, John Deere apps. And then to add another system to their whole platform can seem really overwhelming. Yeah. So what's, what's funny is I've done customer discovery the last seven plus years in my different product roles. And if you talk to every farmer, they'll tell you they just want one system to manage everything. And the reality is that's just like, that's not possible. I think what we need to do as an industry to be better is to make things connected more easily. And you're starting to see that. And the easier we can make it to connect different parts of the puzzle to the key people that need it, um, that is where you really drive value for the farmer. Because if you think about all the trusted people that the farmer is working for, you know, you've got agronomists, you've got equipment dealer, you've got a seed rep, you've got a banker, you've got uh, probably a commodity broker advisor potentially. So you start to see all of these people that are helping the farmer with all the information that they have. And it's, it becomes really powerful if you can connect all those dots. And I think for a while, we as a ag industry or a tech industry didn't do a good job of this. I think everyone was trying to build a complete way to solve every problem. And now you're starting to see that change quite a bit. And I, I believe it's for the better because the more connected these things are and the less you can alleviate a lot of the pain of getting data from one spot to another, the better off everyone's going to be. So, In one of our previous podcasts, we talked about how you need to connect all the pieces of the puzzle. And it sounds exactly what you're talking about. Like you just need to connect everything together. 
It's one big puzzle. And when you finally get it together, it starts to work like it's more of a system. Growers have all this information. They have these systems. They have monitors. They have the tractors, like you said, that they're heavily invested in. So why would they invest in a service that helps them manage their data? What that helps them make better decisions. Why should they do that? Yeah, I think this is really important. And I think understanding who you're partnering with is is really important too from a farmer perspective. And so um, I think you're going to see a lot of the bigger ag companies continue to invest in the space for good reason, right? They know there's a tremendous amount of value in this data. Uh, what I also think is extremely valuable is, is what that independent advisor can mean to your farm. Uh, for example, was out at one of the farms I used to work with on Friday. Um, uh, and, you know, we talked a lot about this. Like, if you think about seven, eight years ago where they were at, um, they were trying to manage it in-house. They were writing their own fertilizer recommendations. They were collecting all their data. And now, fundamentally, they're approaching things different. And every year, they're trying to chip away at this thing. And so, a great example is when I started working with them, you know, seven, seven and a half, eight years ago, we talked a lot about like, wow, you guys can grow really great soybeans. What if we grew more soybeans, for example? And it's, it was funny to talk with them on Friday. And, and as they approach planting season this year, right, they're going to start one planter on corn and one planter on soybeans at the same time. Because the data has shown them that if they get in earlier on soybeans and get those soybeans in, there is, you know, X yield gain from that. And that wouldn't have been the case seven and a half years ago. And so, like, what data allows us to do is to test little things. And the way I, I always approached it with farmers was like, give it three years. Like, we have the data that tells us that, you know, this decision is likely to produce a positive outcome. If we try it, we can't just try it for one year. We have to commit to trying it for three because odds are over those three years, we're going to see that return. And so I think that's where the power of having a, a system or a service um, to manage that is critically important. And I think you're starting to see a few others come up in this space as well, because they've, they've probably realized a little bit of the model uh, of that trusted advisor is, is, is the most powerful model. Um, and it's because fundamentally, and again, I think Dan will probably laugh, but like agronomy is local, right? Um, what works for the Des Moines lobe might not work as well where I'm from in Southwest Iowa and might not work as well, you know, for my buddy that farms in Eastern Iowa. And, and that's like data is valuable, but it's data in the hands of the right people with the right context is really, really valuable. And so I think a lot of farmers have frustrated with managing that data. And so how do you find somebody that can help you and kind of, and kind of provide that ROI. And at the end of the day, they have to prove their worth, right? Fundamentally, they have to prove their worth. Uh, but I think they'd be surprised what they would see uh, from partnering with somebody like that. Yeah, I definitely like what you said. There is definitely a shift that you're starting to see with farmers that they are wanting to see more of their data and utilize more of their data. Where in the past there was a lot of resistance, um, and maybe because the market was too flooded. But so, what would you tell a farmer who was resistant to working with Precision Ag Service? Yeah, I mean, I once. I think I called on a farm for three straight months that was resistant to this. Uh, and it wasn't because they didn't see the value. It was that um, this was a, a piece of their operation that was so important to them that they'd been trying to figure out. And I think one of the things is 
you know, when you have a group that's been around for, let's say 15, 20 years, there's a lot of value in that versus I might be a little bit more skeptical of somebody that's only been around a year or two um, because there's that track record there. And so what I would think about looking at is who has a track record? Do they have farmers that are willing to, to talk to them about why they decided to partner with this person? Because at the end of the day, like we know there's value in the data, but maybe there's an opportunity for, you know, a farmer to share their story with another farmer that's a little bit resistant and tell them, Hey, I was exactly where you were at seven years ago. And now the way we do things seven years later is fundamentally different. And so I would just be open to having that conversation with others that are finding success in these, this area and, and, and help them along on their journey. So. Well, and sometimes you get in a pattern where you are very comfortable with what you've been doing the past years and you've been successful, you've been profitable, but there comes a point where there's a tipping point where your margins are starting to get a lot thinner and a, a grower needs to maybe change some practices and that data can tell you exactly what practices to change. Yeah, it definitely can. I mean, I like all these things come flooding back to my head, but, uh, you know, you think about some of the marginal areas of, of your farm that just don't produce much, you know, we did the math on, like five, six years ago and it said, Hey, if we don't ap- apply dry fertilizer on these spots, we can save an average of $5 an acre across all the acres. And the reason why we weren't going to apply there is one, we didn't expect the return. And two, guess what? When we analyzed the soil test results by those areas, they were a lot of times the highest soil test values, which if you back away from it, it makes a ton of sense because if, if you're applying the same rate of fertilizer across the field and the good parts are taking off more, you're going to see these lower yielding spots, you know, for example, have higher soil tests. So you start to tell that story and all of a sudden you're like, wow, just by doing that one thing, I've saved $5 an acre across all my acres. I don't know what fertilizer prices are at today. Normally I'd have a better pulse on it, but it might be higher. It might be six, $7. I don't know, but you start to approach things from that standpoint and managing each field like it's its own kind of factory. I know there's that analogy out there, but it really does make sense when you start to look at it um, at that level. And, and and a lot of companies are talking about data science and machine learning. And it's, they're trendy words. And I don't want to, I don't want farmers to get, you know, uh, afraid of companies starting to use this because if they are any what resistance to using precision ag, they're going to think, oh, well, now they're just turning this into something that's more automated. So what do you think companies mean and what should a farmer know about data science and machine learning within the precision ag space? Yeah, so companies are investing a lot of, uh, a lot of money into data science. Um, and it's an ability to take a lot of the data we have and try to learn really quickly um, versus a traditional method would be, you know, I'm going to evaluate this year's crop right? And then I'm going to go around and then, you know, implement three practices that I learned from this year's crop versus, hey, could we speed this up through data science and machine learning and try to learn from 15 crops and apply that knowledge to uh, one year? What I will tell you is that, you know, most farms that I've worked with, and I still believe this to be the case today, is that they want to learn from the data on their own farm, but that also means that they can leverage data science on their own farm. And so, like the way I would think about it is think about trials that you're running. How are you setting them up? Because that truly is data science in its um, very, very simplistic form, but that's what it is. We're trying to test and validate things and use the data. Um, another trend, like with machine learning, 
you're going to hear more and more about combine automation, which is real. Um, I think I was listening to a podcast the other week about how they go out to a farm and demonstrate this to a farmer because, because most people would say, Hey, I know I can adjust the settings on my combine better than any computer can. And so one of the things they do is they completely purposely set the settings wrong on the combine for one pass, push the button and watch it adjust. And they watch the farmer's eyes light up uh, with how quickly and how accurate those adjustments are. And I'll, I'll tell you the tech side of things, as I've been talking to farmers specifically about equipment, the tech side of things is tying more and more into that equipment buying decision. So what technology you're using, who's the provider, whether it be John Deere or Case, or who, who, what's the system that's going to manage it? And they're starting to talk more about making decisions for new combines based on automation, which is machine learning, which taught that. And so I think you saw some announcements from John Deere in the last two weeks uh, with the sea and spray technology with the acquisition of Blue River. So this stuff is going to keep coming and it's going to come pretty fast. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just like a trial on the farm where seeing is believing. And I think once you see this technology in the hands of, of different people, you're going to see people adopted at different rates. But I'm pretty bullish the combine automation stuff just because of what I've seen and what it can do. And I know from direct feedback from 50 plus farmers over the last four weeks that that is something that they're looking at. Yeah, it's pretty incredible the advancements that they're making within the technology just with the tractors, the combines, but then also kind of going back to that data too and data science where if a grower is anyone interested in their data, having two layers, all of that in a spreadsheet of Excel and having your brain try to figure it out. It's just too difficult. Let the computer do the mathematics for you. And I mean, that's the whole purpose of the data science and learning through your data. So yeah, I'm just kind of reiterating what you were saying, TJ. Um, so you've, t- you've shared a couple of stories. You share that you talk with 50, fo- 50 farmers within the last four weeks. Um, what are some of the most successful stories that you have from a farmer using precision ag? Yeah, I remember this was the, the kind of the fun one and like the best case story, case study that I have was that, you know, we started working on a problem, right? And the same thing applies to like product management if I'm trying to solve a problem for uh, a farmer, but it's like, what's the goal here? And it's like the goal was to increase soybean yields uh, for this specific farm. They, they couldn't get above 45 bushels. Um, and so we started to break down the problem and study the, the group data that we had to say, okay, well, we haven't limed in five years. Maybe that's something we could do. Another thing that the farm hadn't done in five years was try a different seed brand or variety. So that's another thing we could do. Another thing they typically did was only fertilize ahead of the corn crop. Okay, so let's split up that application. So we literally picked a field and said, we're going to kitchen sink it and we're going to try everything we can. And we're going to make sure we have trials set up within the field. I think we ended up like hitting 75 or 80 bushels per acre, which was almost double what their average was. Now, granted, Mother Nature cooperated and rained when it needed to rain. But the point was we were able to say fungicide meant this, a different variety meant this, using lime, dry fertilizer on this part of the field meant this. And we literally laddered it up to that number. And to me, like we can spend a lot of money on inputs and resources, but doing that and actually just calling it the kitchen sink, but having our checks in place fundamentally changed how that farmer grew soybeans moving forward. And we were able to increase the average over a lot of acres, 15 bushels. 
But if we didn't identify what the core issue was and start to think about how we strategically implement different tests, we would have never got there. And I laugh because the same thing exists in product development when you're trying to build things for farmers. Like, what's the problem we're trying to solve? How do we prove value and how do we like incrementally get there? And so whether it's agronomy or software development or, you know, building the next you know, widget for a John Deere tractor, it's all the same when you break it down, but it's how you solve problems and measure it to make improvements. Well, and that's a great success story. And the fact that just in one year, how much they can learn and then take it to their, the rest of their operation over the next three, five, 10 mm-hmm. years. And the profit that you're getting out of that service, it is tremendous. I mean, it's definitely worth the cost of the service. Absolutely. You mentioned a little bit about where Precision Ag is going in the future, but so what? What do you? Where do you think Precision Ag in in the software space? So we talked a little bit about you know automation with tractors and combine, but what about what about in the software space? Where do you think Precision Ag is going there? Yeah, I, I just I think it's going to continue to get quote unquote smarter, which is kind of an annoying tagline, but uh, it's going to get smarter about you know how much you're applying, what rate. On what date? A lot of this we're we're getting so good at um, understanding the impact, and we we have enough data to understand it. I also think um, pretty confident we we saw it, you know, in a past experience. I see it in the current one. The value of like the mobile device and whatever you have with you is going to continue to dominate the space from a from a software perspective. You think about, you know, I can pull up climate or the op center on my phone and have an answer really quickly that I want to show an, I want to show my landlord how the field yielded in a second, right? Farmers are going to continue, in my opinion, to demand that the tools they're using be accessible from anywhere. And so precision ag, yes, there's the technology in the cab. Yes, that's important. But I would argue that this device, the phone, the tablet, probably more so the phone than anything is going to continue to be such a critical piece. It's how they run, farmers run their business and they expect to have things on their phone. And so I would think, you know, if if I'm working with a provider, like that is going to be one of my number one needs. And it's also going to drive a lot of engagement uh, for that farm as well, which is, is critical for any tool you're trying to use because a farmer's going to get value out of a lot of things, but having that answer really handy with them whenever they need it is very, very valuable. So yeah, getting your data anytime, anywhere, I think is kind of a little tagline that we use even with one of our uh, mobile apps that we have within Premier Crop. But I think I agree with you that farmers want it. They want to pull it up and they want to see it. They need to show it, whether that be the banker or the landlord themselves when they're looking at the field, getting ready to plant, getting ready to harvest, all of the above. Yeah, it has to be easy to use, which is such a challenge, right? Because if you you talk to the 50 farmers that I talk to, you're trying to pull out the nuggets that are similar between all of them, but there's always unique use cases. But I think as long as you're solving for the 90%, you're going to be well on your way to, to helping make help the farm make better decisions, which is ultimately everything that we're about and trying to do, so... Great. Well, thanks, TJ. Thanks so much for joining us today. Really enjoyed all of your knowledge and your experience and sharing on the Premier Podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Premier Podcast, where everything agronomic is economic. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can continue to provide the best precision ag and analytic results for you. And to learn more about Premier Crop, visit our blog at premiercrop.com.